Good afternoon, ladies and gentlemen. Rob Porter on 970 WDY AM and 93.1 FM. I should try to mute myself while I'm talking, Natil. Yeah, that doesn't work very well. It's very hard for you to go over the airwaves while muted. Yeah. I put my <laughs> finger on the cough button for some reason. And you were right. coughing. No, I wasn't coughing. Well, I, 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 I don't know why. I, I, I rest my hand near it sometimes. I, I don't know why. Just sort of the way it's sitting on my desk, and I, I guess I bumped it. Oh, well. It's uh, Monday. Nobody will know tomorrow. It's Monday. And, and waking up, by the way, to horrific news. Um, you know, I went to bed last night, and then this morning woke up about 5.30 and was scrolling through uh, headlines in my email inbox full of breaking news about what happened in Las Vegas. Just awful, awful, awful uh, we're going to talk about that today. So, and I, I think I'm going to try to talk about it in ways that, that not everybody else is talking about it because I, I feel like, I feel like these incidents have become routine, and it's almost like we're following a script now on how we're responding to this. And 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 the first question I want to throw out to the audience, though, because I have some ideas about this, but I want to, um, I want to put this out to the audience first. How do we stop mass shootings? What do we do? They keep happening, right? And, and I mean, obviously, not all of them are as horrific as what happened in Las Vegas. This, I, I can't say the words I want to say, describe this guy as on the air. But suffice it to say that this monster managed to rack up a pretty big body count. Um. But not all of them are, are this big. I mean, we keep having these incidents. We had, you know, Representative Steve Scalise shot in Virginia earlier this year. I, I mean, it's it's the Orlando nightclub shooting. I mean, it's just one after the other after the other. What do we do about it? 701-293-9000, email talk at WDAY.com. What do we do about it? R- recognizing that, that we're never going to implement a, 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 a set of public policies that are going to stop this sort of violence entirely. But what, what can we do to reduce this? What, 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 what can we do to, to, to lower the amount? So we're going to talk about that today. Uh, also coming up, uh, Kaylee McEnany is going to be calling in at 1.30. Uh, we're going to talk a little bit about the, uh, the ongoing push for tax reform uh, because as horrific as what's happening at, at, in Las Vegas is, um, you know, the world spins on speaking of which i mean it's 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 amazing i mean because this happened in las vegas people from all over i mean las vegas is um what do you describe it as america's playground right i mean so so this is there's people from all over the nation in las vegas including uh we have you know there's just i was just reading a forum article about three couples uh from fargo who were who were there for the shooting thankfully they're okay uh, there was uh, a, a gentleman from Minot, where I'm, where I'm at, uh, who apparently was injured, became a victim. He uh, he has survived, but I mean this this really kind of touches the nation because at any given moment there are people from all over the country, all over the world, in Las Vegas. Seven zero one two nine three nine thousand eight 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 nine seven zero nine three two nine. Email talk at wday.com. How do we stop this, or how do how do we at least reduce this? What what can we do? To address this situation, I want to hear from you. Caller, John, you're up. Well, first of all, Rob, it's going to start with dialogue. And I'm hoping, unlike your previous host, you won't hang up on me in mid-stride, you know, when I'm trying to make a point. 
No, I'll try not to, carry. John. Okay, I'm a concealed carry holder. I'm a range safety officer. I believe in the Second Amendment of the Constitution. Let's start with that. Now, when you try, and, and I don't, and, and I'm sure you didn't do this deliberately, but when you draw a parallel between the Scalise shooting in Washington, D.C. and Las Vegas, there's no parallel. You're, you're, you're night and day two subjects. Washington, D.C. is a gun-free zone. As a concealed carry holder, you've heard me discuss this numerous times with Kevin Kramer on your program about opening up national CCW reciprocity. Now, as a gun owner, if you want to come to the table and you want to have a meaningful conversation with us gun owners, you will respect our rights and quit trying to beat us into a hole all the time over this. Yeah, Because, because that is... there are things that we can't all fundamentally agree on if you will take the time to acknowledge our existence and work with us. So, John, you're, you're putting your finger on part of what I wanted to talk about today because this is part of the script. When something like this happens, we have sort of that, and it's it's getting shorter and shorter, but we have that, that sort of initial period of, of mourning, I, I think, in shock, and then we immediately retreat to our ideological corners. And so that's sort of the problem is that gun control is, is a part of that, right, where, you know, we, we talk about maybe the specifics of what happened in Las Vegas for a little bit, but then we just sort of retreat to, to, to the familiar uh, political demagoguery. And, and listen, from my point of view, gun control is not going to fix this. It, it's not clear to me if, if this guy, and, and there's a lot we don't know about this, so I don't want to be making assumptions or, or propagating untrue information, but listening to the video, that sounded to me, and I'm, I'm not any sort of an expert, but that sounded to me like an automatic weapon. And unless this guy, if, if, if unless I'm missing my mark, owning fully automatic weapons is illegal without some oh, very, no. very rigorous licensing. Right. I said illegal okay. without and, some and, very, and, very and rigorous that, licensing, John. So right. that's uh, so. I, and it's, it's my knowledge this guy doesn't have that. Well, maybe he does. We're still learning a lot, but we don't know. I mean, this guy's guns may have been illegal, and if they were illegal, does that not demonstrate the futility? Of gun laws because guns are out there. Guns exist. By the way, this guy worked, I guess, for for Lockheed Martin. I mean, if he was an engineer of some sort, it might have been that not that hard for him to take legal guns and make modifications to them and turn them into illegal guns. And the idea that well, we can and, stop and, and this sort of thing with laws yet, Robert. We don't. And, and, we don't. And, and let me correct on, on 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 automatic weapons. Automatic weapons are legal to obtain and own, provided that you pay the tax right. stamps of the federal government, you pass a rigorous background check, and that involves a very long waiting period for that background check to occur. It's tough to get. My understanding is it's tough to get. Yeah, it's all, it, you know, and, and, and to top that off, Rob, on top of it, the guns that are out there were all manufactured prior to the original Clinton gun ban, which makes those guns highly sought after and very expensive as collectibles to, to, to start out with. So now this guy... You know, if you unravel piece of uh, a piece of the puzzle to me, I say, well, if this guy was an engineer for Lockheed Martin, he obviously was not a guy who was working for a buck four eighty five an hour. He had he had the, the, the monetary means to start looking at guns that, that sell for upwards of twenty thousand yeah. dollars. And let's I, and I don't want to you. I, I think those those are maybe fair assumptions. And again, information's coming in. I think we're all trying to piece this together, but. I, I, I think the, thanks for the call, John. I think the larger point, I want to go to a break. 701-293-9000-888-970-9329. I want to have a discussion about how we stop these things. And I don't think gun control, talking about gun control, is a productive part of that conversation. 
Because what you're doing is you're not addressing at all. When we talk about gun control, you're not addressing at all why people are doing this. We've got to talk about why people are doing this. Because no matter what, you take away whatever means you want. If they're not using guns, they're going to start driving cars into the crowds. They already are in some instances. Guns are just a means to an end. we got to find out why these people want to do this in the first place and address that issue. I, I understand gun control is low-hanging fruit, and it's great because it, it, it meets certain people's political agenda, but I don't think it's productive. I don't think it's going to help. I don't think it's going to make us safer. What do you think? 701-293-9000, Email talk at WDAY.com. We'll be right back. Don't go away. Welcome back, Rob Report on 970 WDY AM and 93.1 FM. Talking about this. Well, it is, it's, it's a horror. Absolute horror, which happened in Las Vegas. It's impacted our, I mean, it would impact us anyway, because this is happening in our country, in our home, and it's, it's horrendous. But a little bit more connection. You know, people from the region were at that concert. I mean, everybody goes to Las Vegas, right? I mean, it's. One of, if not the most popular vacation destination in the United States. You know, at any given time, there's people from all over the place. I'm not surprised at all that there are people from our region there. Uh, who, thankfully, every, everybody that I've seen names survived the attack. Dozens of others, not so lucky. But my question for you, the audience, is, and I have a theory about this, and I, I want to get into it here in a moment, but how do we stop this? Or if not stop it, how, how do we reduce it? How do we make these incidents less prevalent because they're happening and i think the usual debates when we this happens and then we're all you know obsessed and and celebrities make statements and politicians make statements and then we just sort of retreat to our ideological corners and say all the same things we always say about this stuff and i'm tired of that debate i want something new gun control is not going to cut it mental health reform is not going to cut it what do we do caller ken you're up yeah, I don't want to be a Donald Downer, but I'm not sure how you stop it. I mean, if you take murder, you probably got two two classifications. One is, I want to kill Rob. I mean, I know you, I get angry with you, and I want to kill you. This is oh, this, this other stuff is, I'm killing people, whoever just crosses my path, I don't know, strangers. And it and it kind of comes into the, the whole uh, suicide bomber thing. It comes into Columbine. I mean, anybody who's in my path is going to take the bullet and be dead. And I don't know that mindset. What is that that you would kill a stranger who doesn't? It could be Bob or it could be Sue, whoever wanders into your path. I, that, yeah. that understanding, I, I don't See, know and how I to think, understand that. I, th- I think there are two points that stem from your comments, Ken. Thank you. One is the idea that why they're doing this, right? And I, I think if you start, because if you look at the mass shootings, a lot of them are driven by very, very different things if you look at the the shooting in in virginia for instance at steve scalise that was politics right you had sort of a a left-wing guy who has gone off the rails about republicans and he's out there to assassinate them so you have that and then you have the orlando shooting which seemed to be mixed up in um you know some sort of bigotry towards homosexuals and in islamic extremism you have the dylan root shooting uh which which was racism 
Uh, and now you have this one in Las Vegas. We don't we don't know what this was. We have other you know the uh, the the Sandy Hook shooting, the Aurora, Colorado shootings. Those seem very much driven by mental illness. Now these are these are very disparate motivations, but I think they're all sort of unified by one thing, which is a desire to make some sort of a public statement. I I, th- I think one thing that all of these people wanted, whatever their motivations were, is they were driven by wanting to make headlines. And so that's that's my question for you is. Do we propagate these incidences? Do we fan the flames of whatever's causing this by giving this so much attention, by acting like a bunch, a nation of rubberneckers with morbid curiosity every time something like this happens? Should we downplay the coverage? Does the president need to address every one of these incidences? 701-293-9000, email talk at WDAY.com. Caller, John, you're up. Hi. Um, yeah, you're not going to be able to, if it's a mental issue, uh, you're not going to be able to stop it. But what you got to do is make it tougher for them to take out multiple people. Um, I don't see no reason why a military-style gun should be sold. It's just my opinion. And then on the same note as you, I agree. Well, what's what's military thing. style, though? I mean, what's military style? I mean, there was, there was a time when a 30-odd-6 rifle was military style. Well, okay, What's military uh, style? Let's say, let's say you had a shotgun, a rifle, and a handgun to protect your household, or you wanted to go out and shoot deer. That, should, right. be good, that should be good enough. There's no reason why yeah. you need semi-automatics that can, can be converted converted into automatic-style um, guns. I just don't think they should. Even, Aust- even, Aust- even Aust- supposing... Australia went through this before, and they, they, they signed one of the toughest, and they haven't had a problem since. That's now, not true. Two, well, the, first, first of all, that's not true. But second of all, John, even supposing... That we can yeah. implement the sort of controls that we want, and and I th- I think the problem here is is there's a level of hubris involved in in our assumptions about what the government can, can effectively do because you know what child pornography is extremely illegal the production of it the dissemination of it the viewing right. of it extremely illegal and yet it still happens all the time there are multiple cases within the last year right here in North Dakota right in our region Correct. so the, uh, you know the, the, we we always assume that the government can just make policies and that'll just be that. I, I, th- I think there's a lot of hubris involved in the idea that, that if we if we just institute tougher gun control, that that'll just take care of the problem. I don't think you're right. I, okay. I don't I don't think it will. Not anyway, in, in Australia. Australia is a very notor- different country I'm than America. Back to the notoriety part, I just don't think uh, once law enforcement knows who the name of the shooter is, I wouldn't publicize it. It would just be ex uh, suspect now this- is dead. I just would not. And after ten years of people never being named, I think they would get the message that. You know what? I'm not going to go down in history for anything. So let me let me let me read you this quote because this comes from 2009. It's a forensic psychiatrist named Dr. Park Dietz. He's from the he's from the West Coast here in the United States, California, I believe. Okay. Uh, he was commenting on a a the, I think it was the BBC, and it was in response to a, a mass shooting in Germany. Because believe it or not, these incidences don't just happen in America. Correct. Uh, and what he was talking about, is, and he said, "I quote: We have and he's speaking in 2009." He said, I quote, we've had 20 years of mass murders throughout which I have repeatedly told CNN and other media, if you don't want to propagate more mass murders, don't start the story with sirens blaring. Don't have photographs of the killer. Don't make this 24-7 coverage. Do everything you can not to make the body count the lead story, not to make the killer some kind of anti-hero. Do localize the story to the affected community and make it as boring as possible in every other market. Because every time we have intense saturation coverage of a mass murder, we expect to see one or two more within a week. 
Okay, and did it, do you think that would be a solution or not? I don't know. It would be a solution. The problem is how do we implement it? Because there is a big market for morbid curiosity out there, and the media oh, right, is going right. to serve it. Well, you so I don't know. Some, you'd have to have some kind of executive order saying that ex-law enforcement. Uh, but then we run into the First couldn't... Amendment. For, for the same problems we have with, with uh, the Second Amendment and, and gun control, we have with the First, the Amendment, First Amendment freedom yeah. of speech. And the thing is, is I want these protections. I want these freedoms. Well, we should be able to do it. it. The media should be able to report what they want. But I don't. Unless we handle it some way, we'll put it this way, then we're all going to be subject to that possibility of being gunned down at any time at anywhere. That no. is the conundrum. Well, no. let's. Uh, I, I got to go to a break, John. Thanks for calling in. Uh, until we should probably have Paul wait through the break, huh? Yeah, let's have Paul okay. wait. Yeah, Paul, Paul, wait on. We'll, we'll get to you right after we come to the break. This is the Rob Report on 970 WDAY-AM and 93.1 FM, 701-293-9000. If you want to get your calls in, email talk at WDAY.com. We'll be right back. Don't go away. Welcome back, Rob Report on 970 WDY AM 93.1 FM. We're talking about the uh, horrific situation in Las Vegas, and I'm, I'm trying not to have the same sort of conversation everybody else is having about this, because already you can hear people retreating to their corners, gun control, blah, blah, blah. Listen, we have these conversations. We've been having them for years. It ain't going to work. It's not really going to address anything. It's not helpful. It's divisive. It's time for us to really start talking about something that could help. And something I brought up in the last segment is the way we cover these things. We give them so much attention, so much saturation, right? We, we turn the people who perpetrate these, we elevate them from obscurity into, if not fame, infamy. And I, I think that's helping to propagate more. I, now, I'm not saying I, I don't know what to do about it. I don't want to go down the road of censorship any more than I want to go down the road of denying people their Second Amendment rights. But I'm just saying is our fascination with these. We write books about them. We, I mean, it's the intense scrutiny that it gets. I, I, I think that if you're the sort of person who, for whatever reason, if it's politics or religion or mental illness, whatever the motivation is, we reach a point where... This is seen as an avenue for fame for them. This is this, this is an avenue for fame for them. And I'm not sure if, if, if maybe if we changed the way we covered these in the media, maybe maybe fewer would be inspired to do this. I don't know. 701-293-9000, email talk at WDAY.com. Paul's been waiting patiently. Go ahead, Paul. Hi, I have been listening and, and caught the news in between while I was waiting to come back up here. Um, earlier today, they talked about the brother saying that uh, that the suspect didn't collect guns, but yet we have ten weapons found up in his motel room. Yeah. Uh, and then on the news, they said that none of the weapons in the motel room matched his the suspect's previous purchases. Purchases came from California, which don't, yeah. is one of the strictest gun law states in the in the U.S. So there's right. a whole bunch of kind of stuff here that doesn't match up that almost points to the idea that maybe this isn't the only guy they're looking at and kind of proves that we really don't know what the heck we're talking about yet. 
Yeah, I, and I, I think that's always the important thing to remember when you have a story like this is a lot of the early information is wrong. Also, a lot of times when they're quoting family members or friends or whatever, a lot of what they have to say, you've got to remember, they're in a pretty, and I'm, I'm not saying this to be to be mean to them or anything, but they're in a pretty horrific situation themselves. I mean, they have a no, loved right. one or, uh, or somebody that they're no. close to, and they, they have a very hard time being objective about that. Now, the, the report I read about the guy's brother, it didn't sound like they were in touch very often. So if if, if his brother started collecting guns, yeah, if, if his brothers, I mean, they lived on opposite sides of the country. If his brother had started collecting guns recently, he may just may not have known about it. Um, right. So I don't I don't know. The, the one thing the one thing that seems pretty clear is that this guy that we really don't know yet. And we're trying to fix yeah. something and we don't know what the heck's wrong yet. So we don't write. And and so that's I mean, that's why I'm trying to, to talk about a, a larger point in that to, to me, a, a unifying thread between all of these incidents, because, again, and we don't know what, what in Las Vegas, we don't know what this guy's motivations were, if any, Um we just don't know yet. But if you start looking at all the other ones, you have mental illness, you have politics, you have religion, you can go racism, you can go down the list. There's all sorts of, of different and, and often even divergent uh, points of view, but yet they're all engaging in mass shootings. And my question is why? And, and to me, the, the unifying theory is it's it's a degree of fame. I mean, it's, it gets it gets everybody's focused on you. You can even literally get the president of the United States to talk about you. Whoever the president is at the time, if you do this. So I, I don't know. Maybe I, I again, I go back to the points made by Dr. Park Dietz. And this was all the way back in 2009. Stop turning these these shooters in, into sort of antiheroes. Right. Stop. Stop with this intense cover to cover 24 seven coverage. You know, cover it locally. Make the coverage boring nationally. Move on to other things. Maybe if these things aren't so sensational, people won't people won't want to do them so much. I mean, I, I don't know. Am I making a? Le- I mean, is that making any sense at all, Paul? It, it, it makes sense. I don't know what works. <laughs> all right, I'll let you go. Thank you. Thank you. Seven zero one two nine three nine thousand eight 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 nine seven zero nine three two nine. Email talk at wday dot com. Uh, let's see. Got a message here from Daryl. Good for you, Rob, for taking the time to ask why. Instead of jumping on knee-jerk reactions right away, you bring up a good point. Political beliefs are like religious beliefs for people nowadays. I don't like blaming media, movie, music, video games, etc. I'm a big gamer and always hate that. Um, yeah, I, I've heard a lot of that today. People, people sort of talking about, you know, this is the time to come together and and you know the, the divisive politics in America, whatever. I, I I think that's such a cop out. I mean, yeah, politics have always been divisive. They were divisive in the George W. Bush era. They were divisive in the Obama era. They're divisive now in the Trump era. And yeah, President Trump's, uh, you know, his demeanor is certainly a departure from past presidents. But the idea that we're especially divided right now, I don't know. I I don't know if I buy that entirely. I, I think social media probably has more to do with that than than who the president of the United States is. The way we we're talking to each other has changed but but incidents like this you know i i don't know i i don't know am, am i making any sense at all natil i i just i feel like we turn these guys into celebrities at least in their moment and and i think a, a lot of them that's that's what they want they want to go out in a blaze of glory and we deliver it to them because we are so morbidly curious about who they are and why they're doing this well the problem is that these kinds of crimes are sensational I mean, you you talk about the fact that we're sensationalizing them, but they they are 
sensational. 58 people died. That's fair. And to not... Maybe more. And yeah, well, there's 58 dead right so now. Far. To not talk about that or to make that somehow not a big deal is doing an extreme disservice to those victims and those victims' Who families. Who are we serving? Are we really serving the victims by doing this, though? I mean, are we really serving them by splashing the blood all over the TV screens and the internet? Who, who are we serving? Are we serving them or are we serving our own morbid curiosity? Because we can't look away from this stuff. I mean, this is this is why we slow down to look at car accidents, right? I mean, I mean, deep down inside, people slow down when they see a car accident along the road because they, they're hoping they might see a body. I mean, let's let's face it. I mean, that's that's I don't know what it is. It's it's something about human nature, but we just I, I don't want to say we like it, but I mean it's it's morbid curiosity. That's the exact term for it. It's a morbid curiosity. There's a huge market for it, and I don't think the media is doing any. Ser- I don't think this is about the victims and their families. I think this is about the media serving a market. Is the market yeah. going to go away? No, it's not. No, not 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 any more than people are going to stop wanting guns. You know, it's just, it's there. It's a part of reality. And it, and it makes me wonder if there's anything at all we can even do about this. I mean, can we do, can we do any, do we just have to accept this as a part of life? I I that- don't think, I don't think that's the answer at all. I'm. It's it's so hard because we can see these things happening here in our country, in, in America, and looking at other similar countries as far as, you know, education level and economic status and things are concerned. They don't they don't see these types of things. Yes, they do. Not as often as we yes, do. Yes, they do. If you look statistically they do. Statistically they do. I'd- America's America America's a violent place, don't get me wrong. We are a violent place and we got a lot of guns. But if you start looking at violence in other countries, yes they do. Yes they do. They absolutely do. This is not this is not some isolated I I, I think I think people like to perpetuate that, and I think I think we also see this through the lens. The American media is what we see. We don't necessarily see everything else, you know, that happens in other parts of the world. But this quote I've been telling you about, this is from a school shooting in Germany in 2009. These things happen in other parts of the world. I'm not saying they don't they, just happen here. I'm not saying they don't happen in other parts of the world, but I don't think that they happen as frequently. Well, we may need we we may need to agree to disagree because I think I've seen some articles that that might beg to differ, and and a lot of it also is is. How are we defining these? I mean, is for instance, the shooting of Representative Scalise, what, one person died? Or nobody nobody died. There was no body count. So does that count as a mass, mass shooting? There were just, what, two, three people who were hit? Nobody died, though, other than the shooter himself? So is that a mass shooting? How do we characterize that? I mean, a lot of it depends on how you slice up the statistics, too. But, I mean, the, the world's a violent place, and... <sighs> I mean, do we just have to accept that? I, I I don't know. I don't know what the answers are. I'm not sure that there are answers. 701-293-9000, Email talk at WDAY.com. Uh, emailer says, Rob, we don't cover streakers anymore. We don't cover the fans that run on the field. And I think that has stopped both of those things from happening. I don't think it stopped them entirely, but I think people do it less often. I also think those are entirely different crimes from murder. Well, right. I mean, obviously, very, very different in scope. But if if the goal is attention, whether you're a murderer or a streaker, if we don't give you that attention, does it make it less likely that you'll commit the crime? I don't know. We don't have a good answer for that. 701-293-9000, Email talk at WDAY.com. We'll be right back. Don't go away. 
Welcome back, Rob Report, 970 WDY AM, 93.1 FM, 701-293-9000, Those are your call-in numbers. Email talk at WDAY.com. We've been talking about this awful, awful situation going on in Las Vegas and, and what, if anything, we can do about it. And I'm not convinced, as 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 as, as depressing as it is to say it, I'm not convinced there's anything really we can do for somebody who is is committed and wants to do this. And this, I mean, so far they haven't found a criminal record on this guy. They haven't found any indication that he was affiliated with some terrorist group or political group or religious group or what have you. I mean, there's, granted it's early and we're still learning a lot and we may learn a lot. We may learn that some of the things we think we know now are wrong. So I don't want to jump to conclusions, but how do you stop somebody who has no criminal record, has, has gives no outward indication that they are anything other than a law-abiding citizen, how do you stop them from going nuts and just murdering a bunch of people? I I think the answer is, I don't think you can. 701-293-9000-888-970-9329. Caller, Chris, you're up. Hey, Rob. I'm traveling through uh, South Dakota, and there's less straw coming out of the harvester that came out of your mouth here a little while ago, and I wanted to call you on it. Um, Two points. You, you you used the the statement that at one time a 308 was a military um, weapon. I think uh, I said 30 on six. To, to refute the callers, to, to refute the callers' claim that we need restriction on military weapons. Well, at one time a stick was. Okay. And as you increase the efficient killing efficiency of weapons, I think it becomes more and more required to restrict. And we do that. No, we not do that. Enough, obviously not enough. I'm, I'm why, 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 why obviously not enough? Why obviously not enough? Well, hold on, Chris. Hold on. Hold on, Chris. Why obviously not enough? Because people kill other people with guns? With guns that can kill, can, can put up 50 shots. Fully automatic. It's, all, it's already extremely difficult to get a license to be able to own fully automatic weapons. Extremely difficult. No. It's happening. And, and another another one of the arguments that you made was, you know, you have child porn laws, and yet they're still child porn. Well, the child if we didn't have child porn laws, child porn would be available on the street corners. So I don't think that's true. Would you would you be a murderer if Chris? Would you be a murderer if we if we delete if we made if we made it legal to murder people, Chris? Who would be the first person you'd kill? I can't comprehend that thought. I'm sorry. Okay, yeah, you wouldn't kill anybody because you are not a murderer and you don't need a law to prohibit you from killing. My point is is that sometimes the sort of people who want child porn or the sort of people who want to murder a bunch of people are going to do it no matter what laws we pass. You could make it harder. Like I say, in Canada, you cannot own a gun that can hold more than 10 shells. So what? So that's Canada. So what? You look at the you look at the prevalence of shootings in Canada versus the prevalence. And you think you think you think you think that's you you think that's you think that's the availability of guns, or do you think that's just a fundamental difference between Canadian society and American society? Because I can tell you, Canadians as a society are a lot different than Americans, and I think the differences in violence in our country are not because of the availability of weapons. I think it's because we're different people, we're different societies. I gotta go, Chris. I want to sneak in Mike here too before the break. Seven zero one two nine three nine thousand eight 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 nine seven zero nine three two nine. Mike, you're on. Go ahead. Yeah, I, I, this may be very simplistic, and I understand everyone has the right to uh, bear arms. Uh, but 
is there any way that we could control how many arms maybe people? I mean, this guy had, what, I heard 10 at first. Now I've heard 20. My brother-in-law different. has like 35 rifles in his house right now. Yeah, isn't isn't there some way we could maybe control, if not what type of weapon, the number of weapons a person is allowed well, to I mean, buy? Well, I mean, here's here's the problem, though, is that if, if I'm a law-abiding citizen, why should you get to put limits on my civil rights? I mean, can, can you put a limit on how many words can come out of my mouth or how many words I could type in a given day, my I, First I, Amendment I, right? I understand that. I understand that. It just seems like with the type of instrument we're talking about here, there might be some reality to controlling how many you own i don't know yeah well i i mean i i, I don't know what to tell you um you know and and the thing is the day is coming where uh, i i mean we're, we're seeing all the time where you know with with things like 3d printer technology the the ability to disseminate information on the internet people can build this stuff at home our ability yeah. to control i mean how, how people get their hands on this stuff is I, I think increasingly limited, even more so than before. I mean, the, the problem is we always have a lot of faith in the government's ability to, to impose its will on society, and yet we have history books full of lessons about how the government can't do it. Everything for the tax code, no matter how high the federal government has set the rates for the income tax, they've never really been able to collect more than about 20%. And the reason why is because people move around it. People people commit fraud, people move their money to places where it can't be taxed, they find loopholes. You look at you look at prohibition where we outlawed alcohol, you look at the war on drugs today. Marijuana outside of the medical marijuana uh, thing that we just passed, marijuana is illegal in in North Dakota, but I guarantee you in pretty much every community in the state you could find somebody smelling is uh uh you know selling and or using pot we're not we're not able to, to stop these things so I, I don't know we could talk about new laws until we're blue in the face but you're gonna have to demonstrate to me before we start infringing upon people's civil rights that these laws are going to actually work and i just don't think that that most of them will thanks for the call 701-293-9000-888-970-9329 todd you're up next hello yes sir todd yes i just wanted to weigh in you know we're kind of Everyone's trying to look for something to blame in this, and you have to think about the the person's psyche, the mental status of whoever is doing this, because it doesn't matter if you use a fire hose, a stick, a rock, a gun, if you have 500 guns at home or one. It all depends if another human being is planning on hurting an individual or multiple. In order to stop that, it's impossible. It'd be really I think, nice to have a yeah. crystal ball to look in and figure out that so-and-so is going to do this act of terror or act of violence on this day and stop them before they do it, but it's not possible. You're not going to change the human psyche, the unpredictable idea Thanks. of what that person is going to do at any given moment. I got I to gotta, I gotta cut you off, Todd. Thanks for the call. Uh, good points, though. I, I think sometimes, as frustrating as it is to embrace, you just got to understand there may be nothing we can do. That may be the reality. We'll maybe continue the discussion in the next hour. 701-293-9000-888-970-9329. Don't go away. This is the Rob Report on 970 WDAY AM and 93.1 FM.
Welcome back, Rob Report, 970 WAYM, 93.1 FM. You know, I just want to uh, I just want to put a period at the end of the sentence, what we talked about last hour. Of course, you know, dominating the news today, uh, the um, tragic, horrific violence in Las Vegas, 58 dead, hopefully, hopefully no more, uh, hundreds injured. It's awful. Um, there's just no getting around it. And you know, the, the point I was trying to make at, at the end of the at the end of the last hour was, I think sometimes something like this happens, and and we feel we have to do something, right? I I, I feel like it calls to us, right? It makes us feel angry. It makes us feel frustrated. Uh, it makes us feel depressed, sad, and it makes us want to do something, right? It makes us want to signal to the world around us that, that we aren't just going to let stuff like this happen without some sort of a response to try to make things better. And, and, and I, in a lot of ways, that, that is a very noble response. In a lot of ways, that, that is a very understandable and very noble and, and, and very, very good instinct to have. The problem is that sometimes the best thing to do is nothing. And I think that's a that's a problem that we have is that sometimes it's it's very hard for us to admit that the best thing that there may not be a solution. Or at least not a solution that we're going to be willing to live with in our day-to-day lives. Right? Cuz I mean there's there's a lot of things that we could do. I mean, we could create a veritable police state. In the United States of America, and it may actually reduce certain types of crime. Would you want to live in a police state? Because I don't. Every time something like this happens, there's a hue and cry to go out and say, well, we need to do something. And there's all sorts of stuff thrown around. We got more gun control, more mental health, whatever. You know, I, I don't know. I mean, this this one started with a shooting from a hotel. So are we going to put the TSA in hotel lobbies now? Are they going to have to search your bags that you're taking up to your room? The victims were at an outdoor concert. Are we going to ban outdoor concerts? I mean, what are, what are the good solutions here? The workable ones, not just generalities about how we ought to restrict access to weapons, because you know what? Even if we implement that sort of policy, it ain't happening. The sort of people who want them will get them. You know they will. There is a huge illegal black market for guns, just like there's a huge illegal black market for illicit narcotics, just like there's a huge illegal black market for illegal pornography and illegal sex slaves. These things exist. And as long as there's people who want them, there will be people to supply them. So I I think that's a problem we have as a society. I, I think something like this happens it makes us feel like we should do something but sometimes the thing we should do is nothing but if we admit that to ourselves it's like we're betraying that first noble impulse to do something sometimes by trying to do something we can actually make things worse and i don't know i think that's hard for people to admit i think it's hard for people to to reach that point and decide nothing is better than something in this instance i'm not saying that's always the answer sometimes there is a very clear public policy answer sometimes we can have a debate and develop a package of policies that can specifically address an issue 
I just don't know that it's this one. I don't know that in this instance, I don't know what we can do. When we have an apparently law-abiding guy with no apparent connections to terrorism, at this point, and, and to be clear, we are still learning a lot of things. There may be things that we come out that, that are new things that we learn. We may think, learn that things we think we know now aren't accurate. So the larger point I'm trying to make, though, is that this guy apparently had no criminal record, apparently no history of mental illness, apparently no connection to extremist groups of any sort of flavor. How do you stop somebody like that who wants to go out and kill a bunch of people, whether it's with a machine gun or whether he drives a bus into a crowd or whether he blows up propane tanks? How do you stop him? And I'm not sure you can. 701-293-9000-888-970-9329. You know, I want to make that point. Uh, we're going we're gonna to try a, a new segment, though, Natil and I. We're going to do some headlines after this. I just wanted to make that last point. Let's take a break. We'll come back. We'll do some headlines. 701-293-9000-888-970-9329. Email talk at WDY.com. Don't go away. Welcome back, Rob Report. We're going to start doing this new segment, Natil and I, where she picks out some headlines that we can have some fun with uh, on a daily basis. And she picked out some for today, and uh, including one, Natil, I was looking at this, Donald Trump dedicates golf trophy to Puerto Rico amid disaster response criticism. What's going on? Uh, yeah, so U.S. President Donald Trump has dedicated a golf trophy to the hurricane victims of Puerto Rico, Texas, and Florida. Uh, he presented this trophy to the U.S. Captain Steve Stricker at the President's, golf cl- uh, President's Club Golf Tournament in New Jersey. And he said, and I quote, on behalf of all of the people of Texas and all of the people, if you look today and see what's happening, how horrible it is, but we have it under really great control. Puerto Rico and the people of Florida who have really suffered over this last short period of time with the hurricanes, I just want to remember them. And we're going to dedicate this trophy to all of the people that went through so much that we love a part of our great state, really a part of our great nation. So I suppose he's getting flack for this because some are alleging that he hasn't he hasn't been active enough on Puerto Rico. Well, and the fact that it just seemed like a really inappropriate time to bring up the hurricane victims and try to tie a, a golf trophy with the hurricane victims, it just seemed very... Dis- it is a lot, it, I guess. It, it was a little disjointed. Honestly, it you know, that, just didn't seem like the right time. That larger controversy, though, I think, I, I, I think is a shining example of our inability to set aside partisan politics in any circumstance whatsoever. Because I think it's just, I think a lot of the pushback on is it, it, just, it's just local people in Puerto Rico blaming President Trump because they're over, you know, they're over, they got, they got the water over their head. I mean, I, I say that pun not intended i guess but you know they're they're in trouble and they're lashing out a president and there's a there's a base of this country that is you know eager to hear anything that is bashing donald trump so i don't know i i think the puerto rico thing i think the federal response is fine i think that's an attempt to, to make puerto rico the new katrina like it was for george w bush well but in the same vein president trump isn't doing himself any favors by calling the citizens of puerto rico lazy saying they just want everything handed to them and he's also not doing any favors no. by criticizing the mayor of San Juan. 
Although she's grandstanding too. I mean, if we're, I, I agree with like the tweet, you know, calling calling people lazy and stuff like that. Not helpful at all. But on the other hand, you know, the, the mayor's grandstanding. I mean, come on, she's grandstanding. That's that's what I see when I look at. It. She's out there and and she's grandstanding. And and I think I think the problem is Puerto, the Puerto, the government of Puerto Rico had a lot of problems before this. I mean, they had a they had a debt crisis going on. Um, they haven't spent a lot of money on on infrastructure on, on the island. I mean, so so there were a lot of pre-existing problems in, in Puerto Rico that go beyond being problems to being crises when all of a sudden a hurricane comes along and devastates your island. Um uh, so I don't I don't know. I, I think there's a lot of blame shifting and stuff going on. Uh let's see, we got some breaking news coming out of Las Vegas. We're gonna go to Eric. Go ahead. Nine seventy W D A Y breaking news. Yeah, I just want to pass along. We just I was watching some of the coverage down in Las Vegas about the uh, shooting from last night and they broke in. Now there's been reported school shooting in the city of Pahrump, which is just to the west of Las Vegas. And uh, details are limited at this time, but uh, Las Vegas TV stations broke to that coverage. There's been some sort of school shooting at Pahrump. Uh, We understand, in addition, public offices in the city of Pahrump have been closed. At this time, we don't know if there's any injuries. We're going to continue to follow that story. But uh, what a horrible day in Nevada, of course, dealing with the aftermath of the Las Vegas shooting. And now we're hearing possibly of another shooting at a school just to the west of there. looks maybe like about an hour away from or maybe less than away from the city of Las Vegas. So, Rob, that's what we have at this time. All right. Well, I guess we're going to wait for details to come in on that. We don't uh, obviously don't want to go down the road speculating on what's going on. You know, we want to wait for facts to be confirmed and understand uh, because there's it's very easy to jump to a lot of conclusions about this. Uh, do we know Eric? Or is is there anything? Do we still have Eric? Yeah. Do we know? Yeah. Uh, yeah do Do we know? I mean, are, is, have people been shot? I mean, has there been an actual? Have people been shot? I mean, have people been well, hurt? Well, again, we, we don't know for sure. It just literally, as I was watching the coverage, trying to get updated on what's happening in Las Vegas, they broke in and said, and there must be something happening because they said that the public offices in the city have also been shut down. Um, so, again, it's just uh, right, right now being reported that there has been a shooting at the school and public so there offices, has been a shooting, they're saying. It's that's not what just they're a reporting. Or... No, there has okay. been a shooting reported at the school. But, you know, sometimes this can be a domestic. Sometimes it can be, you know, between adults. It can be something that's different from children. But uh, the scary part is, in addition, public offices in the city have been closed. So it makes you wonder if there was some sort of threat. Yeah, so, I mean, what do we, uh, yeah. I mean, I, I don't know. I mean, you hate to speculate, but, I mean, the mind wanders. I mean, is it a copycat? I mean, I guess... I guess we don't know. We're going to have to wait for more information. Thanks, Eric, yep, and uh, certainly keep us up to date. Um, Natil, you know, that was something we were talking about earlier in the program. You know, going back to the, the point I was making about some of the media coverage and the intense coverage, I want to read that quote from this forensic psychologist talking all the way back in 2009. Uh, he said, do localize the story to the affected community as boring as possible in every other market because every time we have intense murder we expect to see one or more two more within a week now we don't know what's going on there we don't know if the two incidents are related um i guess we just don't know at this point but just more ugly news out of out of nevada so um you know i honestly don't know what to do with that at this point i think we're 701 yeah yeah i mean it's just yeah it's just horrible 
It, it, it really is. 701-293-9000, email talk at WDAY.com. Um, yeah, I mean, I just, I, I don't know. I mean, I, I don't know. I don't, I don't know what we can do about this. I have a uh, statement from Congressman Kevin Kramer uh, coming across about the Las Vegas attack in my inbox. Uh, Chris and I offer our prayers and deepest condolences to the victims and their families and their families of the Las Vegas attack, uh, and specifically the victims and attendants from North Dakota. After witnessing unexplainable acts of evil, it's easy to only see hatred in this world. Images of pain and anguish online and in the media strike at our very core, and we rightfully grieve for our fellow citizens affected by this tragedy. Tragedy. But for all the wickedness on display today, take heart in knowing the unwavering goodness by most will never be overshadowed by the evil of a few. Um, I, I think that's a really powerful message. Um, I think sometimes it's very easy to get caught up, and it is. I mean, the situation in Las Vegas is horrible. Now we have, from a neighboring community in, in Nevada there, reports of a shooting um, we don't know how serious that is at this point. It could be very easy in moments like this to let all of this negative coverage, all of this negative media attention overwhelm us and, and color our view of the world. But the one thing to keep in mind is that most people are not murderers. And you're most absolutely... people don't harm people. Most, most people don't hate like this. I've always found comfort in, in remembering that because the, the, the business that, that you and I are in, the business Eric's in, uh, Jay's in, Mike's in, everybody on this station is in, is, is in news. And news is inherently negative because the reality is safe airplane landings aren't news. Um, but I, I do think there is some context. Most people get along pretty good. I mean, one of the reasons we are, I guess, so vulnerable Maybe I don't know if that's the right word or not is because we live in a very trusting society. Most of us feel safe going out in, into a city and walking down the street. And we don't feel like we're going to be fired upon or or somebody's going to try to run us down because most of our communities are safe. Most of our fellow citizens are trustworthy, law abiding, good, fundamentally good people. And that's something worth keeping in mind yeah, in moments like this. It's those good people that you have to pay attention to. I was I was reminded of. A quote by um, actually Mr. Rogers, you know, from Mr. Rogers' neighborhood. He was talking about his mother who had said that in times of, of great distress like this, you need to look for the helpers because the helpers are always there, the good people trying trying to help. And I see on my Twitter feed already just tons and tons of people organizing groups to go down and donate blood so that there's enough blood to go around as Nevada needs all of this extra with so many people in the hospitals and things like that. So there are people doing, there are more people doing good now than one person who did that act of evil. Yeah. And we can't, and and I, I think that even gets back to the public policy perspective because we're always trying to make public policy you know some some incident happens and it gets a lot of attention and we try to craft public policy to address that one incident and then we ignore the way it impacts all the law-abiding people around it 701-293-9000-888-970-9329 uh caller mike you're on what's up you know it's interesting when you talk about not the press covering it look at chicago you know, over the 4th of July, there was 102 people shot, 15 died in, in a matter yeah. of a few days over the 4th of July. Uh, Labor Day is the same thing. There's many, there's 762 uh, people killed in Chicago every year. You know, it, it doesn't even make the news anymore. Yeah. 
And until well, there's, I mean, there's all, I mean, people it, die in all uh, sorts of ways know. every day. I mean, people die from in traffic accidents. I, I got to let you go, Mike, because we don't, we don't have a lot of time left. But, you know, that's a good point. We focus in on this one incident, and yet people are dying every day from all sorts of things. Um, other sorts of gun violence, suicide using guns is actually one of the largest chunks when, when people throw around fatalities from guns. Uh, suicides, particularly among males, are a huge chunk of that. We tend not to spend a lot of time talking about it. People shooting themselves is a lot more common than people getting shot in mass shootings. We're going to take a break. We'll be right back after this. Uh, Kaylee McEnany from the RNC is going to join us. We're going to we're going to switch gears here. We've we've talked enough about this. We're going to switch gears and talk tax policy. Can we get it through? This is the Rob Report on 970 WDAYAM and 93.1 FM. Don't go away. Welcome back. Rob Report here on 970 AM, 93.1 FM. You know, it's hard to talk about anything else today. I mean, obviously, we're all we're all affected by what's happening in what happened in, in Las Vegas and, and what continues to happen. Frankly, as, as people come together, they're giving blood. Uh, they're, they're donating their time. They're donating money um to try to do what they can to, to help um which i if 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 it can be said that there is a silver lining to something as horrible as this is um you know i guess that's it is is to see people trying to do the said trying to do the right thing anyway as, as we deal with that situation the world spins on uh we're we've got to make some tax policy in washington dc because our current tax code sucks here to talk with me about it kaylee mcenany she is the spokeswoman for the republican national committee kaylee how's it going hey rob going well thanks so much for having me thanks for being on where are we at with tax reform well, you know, first, I just want to offer my condolences to everyone affected in Las Vegas. It's just been gut-wrenching, and there's been just this uh, yeah. dreariness over the entire day, as there should be. Um, a lot of innocent Americans died, and, you know, they're in my thoughts and prayers. But, um, you know, with regard to tax reform, much less important topic, um, you know, we're, we're working to get there. We have a great framework that's been worked on by the president in conjunction with the House and the Senate. There's a lot of agreement here. Uh, we're going to pass a budget, then get right to tax reform, and we hope by november um to have some votes uh, is this going to happen and and I, I i gotta tell you i talk to a lot north dakota is a very very republican state we got a lot of republicans here and i'm, I'm talking to people out here who very much want tax reform of of the sort of tax reform that president trump is is proposing but there's a lot of skepticism out there about whether or not republicans can get this done what do you say to those people well, I understand the frustration because repeal and replace should have happened. You know, that was something Congress, uh, a lot of those guys had promised for a long time, and then uh, it didn't happen. And, and I understand the frustration and the skepticism. But with tax reform, there is really one plan, one framework that has been worked on very hard behind the scenes, where with Obamacare, there were all these different plans bubbling up and Graham Cassidy and skinny repeal. Tax reform, we came to agreement between the major wings of our party and came together with a 
unified front. So now it's uh, the job to corral the members and, and to voting on this. But I think that it, it, there's a lot more agreement here, first of all, because this is a Republican principle that's kind of at the bedrock of our party, but also because of all the legwork put in by the White House and Congress um, on the front side of this. That is interesting. So you're saying the Republicans are a lot more united about this. When you talk about the different wings of the party, I mean, I'm, I'm assuming that there's representatives from the various caucuses in the House and, and the Senate that came together and worked with President Trump about this, because we certainly didn't hear a lot about that publicly. Right. Well, there was a lot of calls uh, made on the part of the administration. I know President Trump talked with um, more than 200 members of Congress. The administration did, I should say. So there was a lot of um, collaborative thinking. There was a lot of research done. There, there was a lot of planning behind the scenes so that we could come forward with a plan that we would have, you know, almost widespread agreement on, or at least more agreement, certainly, than what we saw with Obamacare repeal and replace efforts. Probably to get this through the Senate, and by the way, if anyone wants to call in any comments or questions, talking with Kaylee McEnany from the Republican National Committee, 701-293-9000, email talk at WDAY.com. To get this through, probably we're going to need a Democratic vote or two in the United States Senate, and, and certainly one of those Democratic votes that, that President Trump has been courting is North Dakota Senator Heidi Heitkamp. Uh, he, she flew with him on Air Force One out here in North Dakota to his speech. Uh, he called her a good woman during his speech. I mean, certainly there's been um, there's been some patty cake being played there. I, I wonder, though, with with President Trump, he he can be such a inflammatory figure at, at times. You know, certainly with, in at, you know the, the Puerto Rico situation, not really related to tax reform. But is there a concern that the president's demeanor at times is so inflammatory that it gives room? politically to somebody like Heidi Heitkamp to maybe not vote for tax reform. Now, again, I think North Dakotans certainly want tax reform, but I, I don't know. I mean, when you're asking someone like that to cross the aisle and work with a Republican president, I think it gets easier for Heitkamp to say no the more antics that President Trump gets up to. Am I, am I wrong? Am I off the rails on this? Well, I think, look, the people of North Dakota have already spoken. And, um, you know, don't take it from me. Let's look at the vote count. President Trump won by high, high, high double digits. So, you know, if Heidi Heitkamp uh, wants to put the people of North Dakota first, she will listen to the message that the unmistakable message, really, that they sent during the 2016 election, which is this is the person we support. We support his agenda. I don't think uh, any comments on the part of the president are going to push her closer or farther away from his agenda. I think the votes are, are what should push her full force into getting on board with tax reform and doing what the people of North Dakota want. Do you have any, because I mean, you, you've been talking about, you know, these behind the scene discussions about putting this plan together. Were Democrats in on any of that? I mean, was, was somebody like a Senator Heitkamp or maybe a, a Joe Manchin or somebody like that in to see, to take their temperature on, on their willingness maybe to vote for this package? Well, I, I don't know the specific discussions that went on in the White House. I, I don't know the party identification of the 200 members of Congress that the president and the administration spoke with. Um, but I, I know it was a, a wide array of viewpoints, um, a, a wide diversity of members, whether it included Democrats or not. Um, that, that would be a question for the White House. But um, it, this is something the, that Democrats should get on board with. You know, let's be real. Putting money in the pockets of the American people should not be a partisan concept. Uh, it should really be an American one. And I think any Democrat, certainly in and some of the more moderate states should be very concerned, um, those who are up for re-election, if they don't get on board with this. What do you say to people whose reaction to this is that Republicans are just out to pass tax cuts for the rich again? 
Well, that's just not the case. Look at the facts. Look at the fact that the child tax credit is increased. That will greatly benefit middle-class families. Look at the fact that the standard deduction more than doubles. That's going to put uh, something like $1,000 back in the pocket of a family making $75,000. So President Trump set out with the aim of helping middle-class families, helping working-class families. They've been most hurt by the Obama economy and Obamacare. That was the guiding principle, and I think the the guidelines and the parameters of the framework um, tell the whole story. What sort of a timeline are we looking at on this? I mean, is it is it you were saying by November? I mean, is that like a Senate vote? Is that a House vote? I mean, are, are we talking about possible changes in our tax policy for 2018? Could it be that quick? We're hoping so. We're, we're definitely hoping for that. We think the American people deserve it, and it would be really nice if by the holidays, you know, the people of, of this country had the assurance that, you know, they, they would have more money in their pockets. You know, they've been hurt soaring double-digit premium increases in most states, um, in, some, in some cases triple increase. So this would be something that would really um, give the people relief they need, I think, going into the holiday season. So we're hoping November uh, and certainly getting it done before Christmas. We got a caller, Bob. Go ahead. You're on with Kaylee McEnany from the Republican National Committee. What's up? I was gonna say, I must think people are stupid. Do you think that uh, that Cole was on the other day talking about how oh, a family's gonna get a six hundred or a thousand dollars, a thousand dollars a chump change nowadays? That's nothing. And do you think that people are gonna be happy about getting that? And every time you turn around, you have any time to I'd, I'd be happy to get a thousand dollars. So. I'd, I'd be I'd be happy to get a thousand dollars. You you would say no, Bob, if I sat down to write you a thousand dollar check right now. It's chump change nowadays in this day and age. Yeah, chump change. Okay, so I'm getting a thousand dollars, and then the guy's making the uh, the big money. He's going to get a hundred thirty thousand dollar tax break. You know, thousand dollars. All right, thank. Thank well, thanks for the call, Bob. Boy, Kaylee, I'd I'd like to be in. I'd like to be in Bob's tax bracket. I think we're a thousand bucks is chump change. Wow. A thousand bucks is a lot of, of money to a lot of people. Um, that, that's a significant tax break. And the one thing I would remind Bob of uh, you, is that, you know, we know that the Reagan tax cuts, uh, that was incremental. That was, you know, there were several renditions of tax cuts passed year after year. So this is envisioned to be the first step, the first jumping off point, the first tax cut, certainly not the last one. Um, we're hoping to expand our majorities and give even more relief than, than what we want to give with this first push. Do you, do you have some numbers along the lines of what sort of tax relief we could be looking at? And obviously, I mean, I know, you know, we're going to put a proposal on the table. It's going to go through the Senate. It's going to go through the House. There's going to be some amending and changing going on. But as it looks now, do we have some numbers about what this might look like for, you know, Americans and different tax? I mean, do you have some numbers along those lines to help illustrate this for us? Well, we know on average, let's say you make 75000 a family with 75000 would get $1,000 in relief with the standard deduction. Now, in terms of the actual numbers, uh, we know that uh, the seven tax brackets are being reduced to three, but the income brackets, not to get too complicated here, that correlate with the rates. So who will be paying 10% or, excuse me, 12%, who will be paying 15 You know, those answers are going to be determined by Congress. We're leaving the income brackets specifically to them. Uh, uh, because we believe that, that they're the ones who, um, you know, are local. The House of Representatives certainly are the ones directly talking to their members. Um, and so we left that portion for them. But we do have those guidelines of uh, 75000 You'll be saving 1000 Kaylee, thanks for your time. Appreciate it.
That's Kaylee McEnany from the Republican National Committee. This is the Rob Report on 970 WDAY AM 93.1 FM. Email talk at WDAY.com, 701-293-9000, If you have any comments or questions, we'll wrap up the show right after this. Don't go away. I'm Welcome back, Rob. Report on 970 WDAY AM 93.1 FM. Last segment, call in if you'd like, 701-293-9000, Email talk at WDAY.com. Or, hey, you, you can tweet me, too, at Rob Port. Um, but that caller, Bob, I'm still laughing about that deal. Like $1,000 is chump change. Tell you what, I don't I could, know about you, but I'd take $1,000 over the course of it. Yeah, I could make a dent in some stuff i got to take care of with 1000 bucks. Yeah, no kidding. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. I don't it's, know anyone in this country that $1,000 is chump change to. Maybe maybe, maybe the 1%. Maybe Bob's a 1%er. The 1%. I don't know. But I, I, I don't know. I don't know. If you told me tax, you give me you give me tax reform and give me an extra 1000 bucks a year, boy, I'd, I'd sign up for that. And, and really, I think the other part of it that that doesn't get as much of attention as just the compliance cost. You know, I mean, can you, there's probably not an American, there's probably nobody in this country who can do their taxes, who has any level of complexity to their taxes, 1099 income or what have you, deductions, whatnot, um, who probably feels 100% that they're sending their taxes in accurately. There's just, I, I just don't think there's anyone in this country. It's so complicated. It is so complicated. And I think I think tax code that is so complicated that it means we're all basically breaking the law because we're not really sure if we're filing our taxes right or not. Uh is 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 tax policy that's gotta change. There's a compliance cost, you know, just in what people go through, you know, to, to maintain receipts and all this other stuff that they gotta do. If we could get rid of some or all of that, I don't think we're ever gonna get rid of all of it, but I mean if we could get rid of some of that. Just the just the compliance cost alone on businesses, on individuals would be enormous. Right? I mean it's it's not just okay, my taxes are a thousand bucks lower a year. It's also well, I also didn't have to spend a thousand bucks on an accountant to get my taxes done for my small business. Right? I mean if that's if if I mean that's that's big. I think that's big. So I don't know. That that sort of reform is a good thing. Natil, you know, we were talking about some of the, the positive things. I, I think one of the best things I, I've seen on cable news, and I, situations like this is about the only time I watch cable news, just because it, it seems to be the best way to try to sort of monitor stuff as it comes out, and it's generally accurate, you know, CNN, Fox News, they all they all screw up too. But Yeah, but once, you, once you've got I, I think one of the best sources. images I saw was, was... Sorry, go ahead. Hopefully, hopefully... Yeah, hopefully they're they're counterbalancing each other, um, and then also the ideological perspective. Early on on Fox News, I was watching this, and it was like a former Trump campaign manager was commenting on this shooting. Like, and then they had Carl Rove on. Why the hell is Carl Rove talking about? I don't have anything about gets Carl Rove specifically, but why do they have him commenting on a shooting in Las Vegas? The hell does he know? He's a political strat. Was he there? 
Otherwise, why is he coming? You know, I don't know. That's some of the dumb stuff they did. But they were showing images of some of the blood banks in Las Vegas. Lines out the door. Amazing, amazing stuff. And I, I guess the uh, I guess the Las Vegas uh, Metro PD is is tweeting out a lot of information on if, if you've got friends who are down in Vegas, you know how to maybe get in touch with people, make sure they're safe. Uh, and then on the other on the other side, uh, also like things that you can do to help. Um, you know, and I would I would stick to official sources for things like that because there are a lot of people when we have a big sensational story like this, they're trying to get in, they want web traffic, they want you to give them your money, uh, and you may not actually be helping with those sorts of situations. So uh, stick to official sources, but, yeah, I, I don't know. I, I thought that line out the door for people giving blood was just, you know, I don't know. I wish that was a bigger part of the story. I wish that was a bigger part of the story than who the shooter was because, uh, I don't know, I think that matters more. Going back to Congressman Kramer's uh, statement that he put out, we can't let stuff like this overshadow how great our society really is. You know, every day you drive down the road, you walk down the street, you go to the mall, you go out in public, and you are served, you see people, you talk with people who are good people. Hug your family, hug your kids, hug your neighbor. Incidents like this don't define us. Jay Thomas Show coming up next. You can always catch me here 12 to 2 p.m. on 970 WDAY AM and 93.1 FM, or, of course, 24 hours a day, seven days a week at SayAnythingBlog.com, North Dakota's most popular political blog. Thanks for listening. And we'll talk again. Oh,